Arsenal fans, I'm Darren the Delhi Guna and welcome to the Arsenal India podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Arsenal India podcast with me, Darren the Delhi Guna. Well, yeah, I call myself the Delhi Guna for much longer, can I? No, I don't think so, you can. Welcome, though. The voice you could hear there is Anup. Nice to see you, mate. Same here, Dad. Congratulations on your news. Uh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone now is all intrigued, and I'm not going to tell them. No. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the deepest voice in podcasting? Nikhil Gandhi. Nikhil Gandhi. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dad? Fantastic. Just nice to see you. And I've put you together with one of our, our uh, special guests. He's joined us in person tonight to join the team. Schwinn. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we start with Schwinn. <laughs> uh, we all did our predictions on where we were going to finish yeah. this year, and Schwinn said fifth. Yeah. He was the only one who said fifth, so well done, Schwinn. I don't know if I need congratulations for that. Well, I just want to put it alongside one of your other predictions. <laughs> when you were asked who was going to win the Golden Boot this year, uh, do you know who he said? Lacazette? <laughs> No, 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 he didn't Aguero? pick an Arsenal player. Okay, so Aguero? He picked a Manchester United player. Okay. <laughs> Just to re- reduce his credibility to nothing, because <laughs> he guessed we'd finish fifth. He picked a Manchester United player. Lukaku? No, he didn't go for Lukaku. Rashford? He didn't go for Rashford. You would think that those two, if you were picking Manchester United players... <laughs> um, De Gea got one less than this one. <laughs> Wait, you actually picked someone for the Golden Boot from... Yeah. from no, okay. I thought they were going to finish second this year. Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even forgot. I even forgot about it. Yeah, so any credibility that Shrin had for saying that we're going to finish fifth gets immediately beaten into the dirt <laughs> by saying that he thought Alexis Sanchez was going to be the gold boot winner. That doesn't actually make the Arsenal India podcast look very good, does it? Because he's one of our special educated <laughs> guests. <laughs> um, we're only missing a couple of people tonight, otherwise we've got the full team who's been on all year. Um, Ayush, uh, who, uh, whose mother is really sick, and Ayush has, uh, has gone back to, to look now to, uh, to look after his mum. So Ayush, wish you and your mum all the best. We're all thinking of you. We do. Um, and Ramakrishnan, of course, who, uh, who doesn't come because he lives in Bangalore. Yeah. But Ramakrishnan, I'm coming to Bangalore in three weeks' time, four weeks' time. So this time, don't leave the country and get married. <laughs> he did. Last time I said I was going there, he got married. <laughs> so Ramakrishnan, when you're back, I'm coming in four weeks' time. I've said this is the last, the penultimate podcast, the Arsenal India podcast. Um, sadly, sad news, I know for everyone here, yes. that I am leaving India. After four years of heat, of noise. Of Jaipur. <laughs> Of pollution. Of, oh yeah, pollution. I mean, <laughs> they're the good things. <laughs> I'm finally going back to the UK. So uh, we will be ending the Arsenal India podcast. We'll do one after the final yeah. next week, hopefully. But uh, And hopefully next year I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be back in another format and still have you guys on remotely, if that's yeah. OK. Sure. But it will be a different, a different format. Um, the only other thing I really want to mention before we get started is I talk often about my, my best mate Paul who sits next to me at the Emirates. We met when we uh, got seats at the Emirates, he was sitting next to me. He used to bring 
his, uh, his young tomboy daughter for the first six years and then she got a boyfriend and got bored with it, Amy, and Sarah came for the last six years. Well, in the, in the space of the last three months, both those girls have just had their first children. Oh, um, oh wow. So, uh, so Amy uh, gave birth to Laurel and, uh, and uh, Sarah gave birth to Hardy. <laughs> I just wanted them to call them. Once you've got one called Laurel, call the other one Hardy. Laurel and Hardy would have been a really good name. Uh, but it's Frank. I'm hoping named after Frank McClintock. Or Frank Lampard. Why would you say that? <laughs> this, you know, I despair sometimes on this podcast. Frank McClintock, double winning captain, 1971. No, you go for Frank Lampard. Champions League winner. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, Laurel and Frank uh, were, were, were joined us, uh, um, Laurel, just after Christmas, and, uh, and Frank just about two weeks ago now went to see little Frank, and some bastard bought me a little West Ham kit. <laughs> Do you know you get those little kits? Yeah. yeah. He was in an Arsenal baby grow, which was good. Yeah. <laughs> but someone bought me a West Ham kit. I spat on it. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say that, because Sarah is one of our... How avid listeners. Don't know if she's got time these days. Um, but yeah, just want to say um, congratulations to those two. Yes. So I've been back in England. I went back for the end of the season. Uh, what do you think of that? I mean, the season was mad, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it just the maddest end to the season? Everybody lost every game. Yeah. And we joined them. Yep. Yes, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, who wants to go? Talk to me. Talk me through the end of the season. What what went wrong? I mean, it, it was a bit expected, to be honest. I mean, since I'd say since West Ham, which was January, uh, things have seemed to be a bit lost. I'd argue uh, we, you know, you could flip a coin and and that would be the way Arsenal plays on a given weekend. And I think pa- the Palace game really, dr- you know, drove the the sword into the chest. And ever since then, I think it was pretty evident from the manager's selection, particularly that we're going to focus on the Europa League. I think the Palace game was a gamble that I'm just going to throw a team out there and hope that we get the result and then we can try and get a result against Wolves away from home. And because the Palace gamble failed, the Wolves gamble failed essentially and that basically left us with the Europa League. I think uh, it was more disappointing because our home form had been pretty consistent throughout the season uh, barring the game against Manchester City which was the first day of the season, first day of Unai Emery as the manager. But apart from that, we drew against Liverpool, beat Chelsea, beat United, beat Spurs. And um, looking at the fact that um, I think two out of our last four games were at home against Palace and Brighton, and we didn't collect maximum points in either one of them. One, one point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, that was pretty disappointing to be shown on the television live. Suddenly it feels like the 35 million that we spent on Mustafi against the Crystal Palace game yeah. felt like a huge gamble. Yes. Can we I, just can we just re-emphasize that? Someone, I think one of you guys said this to me the other week. 35 million we spent on Mustafi. 35 million. Yeah. I like to translate these into different currencies. <laughs> it just say in every currency, it's fucking too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too much. Especially for an error-prone defender like him, and he's not—he's not a kid anymore. I'm going to defend him. He gives everything. I love watching him play for about 87 minutes. <laughs> it's just the three minutes he fucks up the, that really irritate me. Gives everything. I mean, look, Shwin, you—you—you you, you said you know the second thing today. Obviously, it was nonsense about uh, <laughs> about Alexis Sanchez, but the Palace game was the was the was catalyst the for change. 
the Palace game was the game that well, I think we had a podcast after that. It was just the most disappointing, underestimating a team. Yeah. Just took it for granted, thought we could just roll them over. Team's got a better away record than we have. Yeah. And he puts Louis Zaha up against Mustafi and Jenkinson. Wilfred Zaha. Wilfred Zaha. What did I call him? Louis Zaha. Oh, that's Louis Zaha. 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 I just know. Wilfred Zaha uh, and uh, puts him up against Jenkinson yeah. and Mustafi. You know, it just was nonsense. Can I just say, I went back for the end of the season. That was the reason for my last trip to the UK. I always try to get there for the start of the end of the season while I've been in India. It's, you know, Arsenal's part of my life. You all know me, I'm the positive Arsenal fan. I really yes. am. I mean, I've had my moans, I've had my rants, I've had my negativity. Uh, but generally, I always try to find a silver lining. I, I tend to find something to be happy about. I went back, uh, I saw two games at uh, the Emirates. I saw the, the first leg against Valencia, which was a great night out watching football. You know, we were outplayed for 15 minutes and then we played really well. Yeah. And then to get that last minute goal, Obama yes. Yang, suddenly it takes the tie in our hands, you yeah. know, it, it was a wonderful, wonderful night. The game against Brighton and Hove Albion on the last game of the season. Now, I don't know how many games I've been to see at Arsenal. I was trying to work it out. But if you can imagine, I started the game when I was six or seven, the odd game, once or twice a year. Yeah. From 13 to 18, I didn't miss a game at home at all. And from the ages of, I think, 16 to, to 19, I didn't miss a game home or away. And then from that, I'm 53 now, you know, so, and, and I've been a season ticket holder for ever since we've been at the Emirates. I was a season ticket holder at, at Highbury. And bar a few journeys where I've lived abroad, I go to Arsenal. It is my church. I know in India you've all got your Hinduism and your Catholicism and your, your Muslims. Uh, my religion has always been Arsenal. That's the church that I go to attend every other week. It's, it's what I do. Yes. In all of those times, and I mean this, I really thought long and hard in all of those times that I've been to see Arsenal, whether it be at Highbury or the Emirates, that game against Brighton was the most disappointed I think I've ever been leaving a stadium. I mean, I didn't you know, stand around for the lap of appreciation. Fuck off. You know, it was one of those for me that as men, I don't blame the manager, he put out his best side available, as men, and this is my biggest worry about the Chelsea game, because we went to Valencia the next week and played brilliantly. You know, yes. we're, 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 this is a strange team. But as men, you're sitting, and I'm talking Premier League football, obviously, but I'm, I'm taking it down to the level of, uh, of, of Sunday morning football. As men, if you were sitting in a dressing room, if you were in your locker room, your changing room, before you went out to that game, and you knew the status of the table, and you thought, right, Let's win this game today, win it three or four nil. We will put so much pressure on the last game of the season. There's Chelsea have got a tough game, they've got to go to Leicester. Spurs have got home to Everton, have got nothing to lose, have had a, a big midweek game. If we put some pressure on them, we, can, we could just, the last three or four weeks of fuck-ups all disappear. Yeah. Yeah. We win two or three nil, we're, we've got a chance. Yes. And what did we do? We, we, we got a real lucky penalty in the first 10 minutes and then passed the ball sideways for the next 60 minutes. For the next 60, 65 minutes, we didn't even try. We're sitting there in the sunshine, bored out of our minds watching it. We're watching it, the sun was really hot. We're looking at, with the sun's in our eyes where my seat is, we're looking at this thinking, why are we here? We might as well have stayed in the pub, they just didn't care. And then 15 minutes to go, 
we give away a soft penalty. Xhaka gives away a stupid, stupid penalty and suddenly it's panic stations and we didn't manage to get over the line. Yeah. If you look at the results of the last game of the season, a 2-0 win against uh, Brighton meant we would have finished third. Yes. And we could go into this uh, Europa League final on Wednesday no night with absolutely no pressure. Just go and enjoy it. And all that pressure would be transferred to Chelsea. Because of course, yeah. I mean, they may have finished fourth, yeah. you know, but then they've got the worry that Tottenham would be fifth and they win the Champions League final yeah. and suddenly it's fucked. Yeah. But um, as things are now, we have all that pressure and it was a disappointing game to see even on the telly. I mean, um, Brighton at home is a game that you would um, expect to win. Looking at the status of Brighton in the table, they had just managed to escape relegation. They had nothing to play for. They had just come here for a regular routine Premier League game. And we had a lot to fight for and we gave it away. Nikhil, worse than that, they didn't care. Yeah. You know, they didn't care. They were on the beach. They were on their holidays. They just avoided relegation. They didn't have an attack. They weren't pressing. They weren't charging. They weren't treating it like a last game of the season with nothing to lose. Yeah. Let's have a go. Yeah. They just sat and defended like they've done all season. And they've got a fella at the back, centre of defence, who's about 19 foot four. Yeah, he's huge. Lewis and what Dunk. do we do? We just kicked balls into the area. That last 15 minutes, he probably, he probably touched the ball more than any other player on the pitch because we just kick nice lofted balls into the middle, he'd head them out. Yeah. It was a disgrace. And I know I'm a positive Arsenal fan. I just needed to emphasise how bad that was. You know, and I didn't stay for the lap of appreciation. That's, I sort of regret that in a little way because I didn't get a chance to see Czech and Ramsey fuck off. <laughs> to, their, to their overpaid jobs, one at Chelsea, one at Juventus. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, anyway, there's, there's, that's my rant of the night over with, just trying to kill some time. Um, the Premier League was a bit amazing this year, wasn't it? I mean, two teams uh, really ran away with it, went to the last game of the season. I mean, when we did our predictions, I think I had us a little bit closer than... We were 30 points back, and yet what an incredible run by Liverpool and Manchester City. Yep. Iconic. I mean, uh, I read a stat somewhere the other day that said that Sir Alex never managed the point tally that Jurgen Klopp stacked up this season. And Jurgen Klopp still didn't win the, the Premier League. I think, I think it would have won all but, you know, back to me being old. Remember, I really hate it when we go, since the Premier League started. There was football between the pre before the Premier League. There was football. It was called the First Division. Now they changed the name to the Premier League and now all the fucking records are just about the Premier League and, and not about football in general. But, <laughs> but seeing they brought in three points for a win, mm. I would use that statistic, yeah. since they brought in three points for a win, Liverpool would have won all but two wow. Premier League titles. You know, that wow. amount of points. You know, yeah. uh, this one, <laughs> yeah. which, which they the did. And, and when City got 100 points, or Chelsea got 100 points. No, City got, City got 100, 100 points. Oh, it was two before this year, two yeah. before this season. They would have okay. won all but two. So, uh, sorry, my wife's in the other room. <laughs> Mind you, I am, I am the biggest Liverpool fan in the world this week. <laughs> I think every Arsenal supporter is a big... Is Not a sure big. I was going to ask you that one. Who do you want to win the Champions League? Oh, Liverpool, year? for sure. And Liverpool, I mean, there's no Liverpool. Oh, good. There's because, no because I did come across some... It seems like the, the whole of... Uh, somebody put out a, a little image the other day. The only teams that want... Uh, Liverpool to win are Arsenal, Chelsea, and West Ham. I think <laughs> you know everybody else wants everyone else wants Tottenham because it's yeah. not Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's understandable for United fans, 
because um, I have a friend who was saying that Liverpool shouldn't win any of the titles because that would really rub all the salt into the wounds of Manchester United and how, especially how they fared the season. And um, but now looking at the bigger picture, I think it's better that Liverpool win the uh, win the Champions I think League. even if it was not Tottenham. Um, and then it would have been Ajax in the final. But then if it, Ajax was in the final, then obviously I would have been supporting Ajax. Yes. But I think the fact is that, say, any other team apart from Ajax, um, say if it was Barcelona or Juventus or anybody for that matter, uh, the way Liverpool have been playing this season, um, it has been a, revel- a, a good brand of football that they have been endorsing. And considering that after all this, and getting so close to just one point within the Premier League, it would be a really sad end to their season if they're not even to win the Champions League. If it wasn't Tottenham, it'd be really funny. (laughs) (laughs) It would. If it was Ajax, it would be really funny. (laughs) But uh, if you see the development of the Tottenham squad over the past few years, do you think that they they merit a Champions League? Uh, Keeping apart the side of you that is an Arsenal fan and doesn't want them to win. The, the strange thing with the Champions League is it's a cup competition. You yeah. know, it's 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 not always the best team that wins the cup. Yeah. Um, you know, Porto won it. Surely they weren't the best team in Europe. Uh, Liverpool won it when they finished fifth in the Premier League. The Chelsea won year. it against Bayern. Tottenham yeah. lost four two to Barcelona, and yet Barcelona knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's it's a cup competition. So I think it's like we can take with our FA Cups. You know, we won three in the last five years. Um, and that's the retort that we get thrown back at us. It's a cup competition. You play six games and four of them can be against lower league competition. Right. Well, that's pretty much what the Champions League is until it gets to the end. But what a fa- fantastic Champions League semi-finals we saw. Yeah. You know, I mean, it shows how good the Premier League is. Uh, but you're just never going to get those sort of... I mean, where were you watching? Did you watch the... Because the, I forget the time's quite bad for you here to watch the Champions League. I was in Portugal fucking losing money on a golfing holiday. Fucking all the practice I put in, that was bollocks. Uh, <laughs> so I was in I was in Portugal and, and I went to a bar. Uh, it was it was it was it wasn't it was just they had eight or nine televisions, but it wasn't what you would call a traditional sports bar. It's full of lots of middle aged couples on holiday and lots of men golfing on holiday. Uh, no women. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, and, and everyone in that bar, I didn't realise until Tottenham scored, how much, all of, and all of these people weren't from, they weren't Tottenham fans, they were neutrals, how much they all wanted Tottenham to win. Yeah. And it was a nightmare for me, you know, you can imagine. Every time, goal, there's a picture that one of my mates took of me where I've just got my head down staring into a beer <laughs> at the final whistle. And it was a nightmare as well because the bar, about 10, row, 10 shops down, 10 uh, things down. They had uh, they 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 our game was about a minute in delay. So I when it went to tune it, I was thought I can't watch this. I can't watch this. I can't watch it in case Spurs are back. I just can't watch it. So I, I walked down the road and as I and I'm looking, thinking it's nearly over. It's nearly over. It's two 0 And as I walked down the bottom of this hill where they had it on a big screen, as I got to that bar, Spurs scored. And do you know what I'm thinking? I can't believe it. You know, I mean, they've done it. They've done it. I was just in shock, and the whole bar's erupted. Then I had to walk back up the hill, and the time it took me to walk back up the hill, I saw it again, and all the people in this. <laughs> it was just a disaster. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that they scored at the last minute. Almost, yeah. I mean, Lucas Moura coming up with a hat trick at that moment of time, and barring it was Tottenham, but two amazing Champions League games that uh, won Liverpool's 
I think shocked Barcelona to the roots. Um, they are going to be extremely weirdly active this summer. And nobody predicted this. Everyone thought that it's going to be an Ajax versus Barcelona final, but it turned out to be a Liverpool and Tottenham final and an all English European final, both the competition. Did you see that jersey that Barcelona came out with? Their third kit for the next season. Yeah. So it's a yellow jersey with four stripes of red across it. And each one signifies the goals that were scored by Liverpool at Anfield. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's the real one, but this is one post I saw on Facebook. Definitely not the real one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was strange. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever been in a position where I've had to see Spurs succeed in that, at, that, to that level. But more than anything, it was remorse for Ajax. You know, that, that team of youngsters who played one of the most smashing brands of football, yeah. to borrow a term that Anoop just used, is, 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 was wonderful to watch. And more than anything, for me, was the leadership of uh, Matthias De Ligt. Yeah. To, to see him come out after games and celebrate with the ultras or with the fans and then lead the chance uh, the day Ajax won the league and they celebrated in, in, in the square, I think signifies a second coming of you know, those young defenders who end up becoming captains. We've had one of our own in Tony Adams, and we all know how much we cherish him. Just to see someone like that play in the flesh, and then at that level, is, was, was, was wonderful. And especially the fact that he's just 19 years of age, and, he might and he's led his team to a Champions League semi-final. I don't know how great his future is. I hope it is great for him. It is Barcelona. Probably won't go to Barcelona. He's going to go to an Adidas club. He won't go to a Nike club. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah, but back to the point, it was, it's a cap competition. So, you know, you picked a year where Bayern Munich aren't quite on top of their game. You yeah. know, Bayern Munich, you know, until Dortmund blew up, Bayern Munich was struggling in the Bundesliga. Uh, Barcelona have had no competition this year, hardly. They've won the, the La Liga by a stroll. Um, you that know, was the Copa del Rey. Juventus and Real Madrid get knocked out yeah. uh, fairly yeah. easy. I keep hearing a phone going off, then I realise it's in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hearing this bing, it's me, there you go. <laughs> Let me turn that on. So there was Real Madrid, uh, Bayern Munich get knocked out. Barcelona, not their very best, they get knocked out by Liverpool. Uh, and suddenly Tottenham, you know, they've, they've got it the hard way. They've beaten Manchester City over two legs. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the, that's the one, isn't it? Yeah. Let's, um, let's, let's just not think too much about that Champions League final. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, it's, you said it yourself, it, Liverpool have won five, yeah? So if they win a six, we're not going to catch five. I'm 53, I'm not going to see Arsenal win six uh, Champions League finals. Yeah. I'm not, you know, in my lifetime we've been in one. You know? uh, so I'm not. So. Liverpool winning five, Liverpool winning six, really doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. Tottenham winning one. That matters. It's going to be the end of the world. He is, it's the end of the world. I'm moving back. <laughs> India's not far enough away. You don't understand. So Probably have to book a ticket for Mars. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I did say that, I think. I said, uh, they've got that, they want to do their first manned mission to yeah. Mars. I've put my name forward. <laughs> Uh, so the Premier League uh, came down to two. We're thirty points. Uh, we're thirty points adrift. That's not good enough, is it? Yeah, and I, I'd say it'd be unfair to expect better. Uh, I, th I think it's fair to look over the point difference and just look at positioning because that's what matters at the end of the day. And when you look closer, it just tells you the golfing class between the first two and, and the rest that follow. 
I, I never expected for us to finish in the top four. That was just the way I looked at the season in the flesh before it began. So I guess it wasn't a shock for me. But the shock for me was the fact of, of how all four teams that were fighting for that Champions League place, all of them failed. I mean, United lost something like eight out of the last 10 games. Yeah. You know, Manchester United lost eight out of the last 10 games. Chelsea managed to nick two victories and it put them third, two in their last six yeah. or seven games. You know, Tottenham were dropping like a stone. Yeah. You know, Tottenham lost at home to, to West Ham. You yeah. know? There, was, there was so many chances. And look, we knew when we looked at those fixtures, away to Wolves, away to Watford, away to Everton, um, away to... to Leicester. Leicester, yeah. You know, we looked at those and we were all a bit nervous. Yeah. As it happens, you know, two wins out of our last six games, including the two home games, would have been enough. Yeah. And we got one point. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think... For this entire Champions League fiasco, I think we have ourselves to blame, considering the fact that we had our chances. And we also were in a position where we were fighting for third, not fourth. So to drop from third and to come back to fifth, it kind of does disappoint um, you a bit. But uh, also in perspective, when we were looking at it in the beginning of the season, we always considered that this is Emery's first season. But uh, from where the position we were in uh, to where we are, I think the league has been a disappointment, at least the final two months for me. Personally. I mean, it makes next year interesting, doesn't it? Because yeah. uh, you, you've, you've got uh, a sort of development of a, of a tier of teams that now you actually don't fancy playing. Wolves, Leicester, Everton, Watford. Uh, Watford. There's four teams there. Crystal Palace had added yes. to that as well. Four or five teams now that are actually going to, I think, make the Premier League even better. Because all of those teams, I don't fancy our chances against any of them away from home at the moment. Uh, it's going to be... Um, when you look at the bigger picture of uh, the season that has gone by, you look at the, how small the margins were and how just one event shifted us from third to probably fifth. And one instance is the Aubameyang penalty against Tottenham. Yeah. Which well, you, I think that's why I was so fed up with the Brighton game because you can do the ifs and buts all year long. The penalty missed, you know, this, the last minute goal. But they, they work both ways. How many last minute goals did we get, yeah. you know, this season if they hadn't have gone in? But the, the Brighton game, last game of the season, we had it in our hands. It was yes. a whole 90 minutes plus stoppage time to get it right, and we didn't. Yeah. Um, let me ask you another question. I asked you about who you want to win the Champions League final, and I'm kind of pleased that even the Spurs supporter yeah. is, uh, <laughs> is, is, is going for Liverpool. Going into that last game of the season, Manchester City needing to win at uh, Brighton right. and, uh, and Liverpool at home to Wolves, who did you want to win the Premier League? City. I'd say City. Uh, I have, I've been on the podcast the, the, the previous season and you, can, you have me on record saying that I want City to win the league. Even though um, <coughs> the way that they've bought the league for the past few years is not how football should function ideally. But the brand of football, again, that has come with the influence of Pep Guardiola and the team and the signings that they've made with Bernardo Silva, with Raheem Sterling, uh, Leroy Sané, of course. The, the brand of football that they have played throughout the season has been amazing. Liverpool. Liverpool. Good for you, Anup. Yeah. Why? Just think about what you're saying. Manchester City were a VAR goal away from probably winning the Champions League this year. Yes. Fair comment. I mean, they, they yeah. still have to beat Liverpool probably. But they were a VAR goal against Tottenham about from probably winning the Champions League this year. They won the league. They won the FA Cup. 
they won the League Cup. Yeah. Is that healthy for football? I mean, the team that has the most money wins everything. You know, where's the, the only thing that is stopping there being, a, and you may like this as, as fans from this part of the world or from the States or from South Africa, that was all just places Schwinn's been in the last <laughs> month. But if you, if you think about this, the, there's, the, there's always been this talk of a, 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 a European Super League. Yeah. Now you may like that, you may like the idea that instead of Arsenal playing West Brom, we're always playing Barcelona or PSG. For me, it's the end of football. You'll get bored with that. You know, it's, it's, it's the, the Premier League is, or, or the first division as it used to be called. The top flight in English football has always been one of those fabulous places uh, to watch football. The only thing that is stopping there being a European Super League is the Premier League. Because in Germany, you've got a, a Bayern Munich that walks away with it each year. In the last 10 years, they've won it pretty much every year. In Italy, Juventus have won it eight out of the last nine years. In Spain, you've got Real Madrid and Barcelona Pretty much. Atletico second this year, but it's pretty much Real Madrid or Barcelona every year. In, in, in Holland, it's, it's Ajax. Or, you know, there's, there's a runaway winner. In, in, in Scotland, it's Celtic. Yes. So the only thing that's stopping, you know, all these teams are quite happy to have a European Super League because their league at home, PSG in France, you know, they won it with three months to go. Yeah. They want a European Super League because that will drive revenue because they'll have competitive fixtures. The only thing that is stopping that happening is the fact that the English Premier League has so many teams and it's unpredictable and it's exciting. Liverpool had a freak season this year. Take Liverpool out. Let's just say Liverpool had their normal season. No disrespect to Liverpool. Let's just say they had a normal season like the rest of us did. City could have won that league by 20, 30 points and then add the FA Cup, add the League Cup and probably the Champions League. Where's the fun in that? Why do you want the team that's got all the money to win everything? But how many times has it happened over the past 10 years that the team with the most money has won? Like, take for example Ajax. They didn't have the money, they had the talent. And they went up till the semi-finals of the Champions League. But if City um, didn't win the league and Liverpool won the league, of course it would be again uh, a very good manager with a very good team winning the league. But then City played football on another level. How many times do you see in a see in one single season a team smashing their opponents five, six, seven nil? Do you think it's good though that City because they're not going to stand still, are they? No. You know they're going to spend another two, three hundred million and put it. You know, for some reason they'll avoid financial fair play. Why do we want this team to be? Why does everyone love us so much? We all enjoy watching and play football, but isn't it fundamentally wrong that this team is is just winning everything? I mean, I, I'd, argue, I'd take your argument further and say that the whole regime that comes with Manchester City, the, the people behind it, are the bigger problem. This is a very small drop in a very large ocean of problems, but it's Liverpool. <laughs> it's Liverpool, and that's, they haven't won anything in a while. It's something to beat them on the head with, and I enjoy that, so, and I'm selfish, and I want that. So don't that pay, take that away from me, Darren. Let me have that. I think it's been... Um, for the past, uh, ever since uh, we thought that the stadium move would help us, but I think everything, e e ever since Chelsea have come in with the money and later on they've changed their model, but later on when City came and now Everton are also investing in terms of, and there's rumours that Newcastle might be taken over by some cousin of some uh, city, city owner. owner yeah. So the point of the matter is I think we're slowly uh, moving towards a model where everyone wants instant, instant success and I think uh, People earlier used to uh, wait for the progress of a footballer because at the end of the day, nobody's a machine. 
they are human beings. They are plagued by their own troubles, their own um, way of functioning. And sometimes some people take long to develop, some, some take less time. But I think football as a whole, the soul is losing. And seeing someone like Ajax coming through and reaching the semi-final and people rooting and supporting shows the fact that maybe there is still hope, but if, if only given time and patience and energy. But I think we are not, I think slowly it's moving towards a model where everything is about the money and the success. Uh, if City had invested all of that money and they had played a brand of football which Neil Warnock, for example, plays with the long balls and just defending their lines for 90 minutes, if that were the case, I would surely want Liverpool to win. Because I just want, at the end of the day, attractive football to be the, the ultimate winner. And I just rooted for City solely because of the brand of football and the type of football they played throughout the season, consistently. Can I just say, I think that's a bit unfair to Liverpool. Because I think if you look at marginal gains, then Liverpool had to spend less than City has to build this team. And they arguably played similar brand of football, at least mathematically speaking. So for me, it's nothing to do with morality, it's nothing to do with idealism, it's just fuck Liverpool. <laughs> I can go and get my wife, you know, she's very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> she quite likes you as well. <laughs> well, let's, all right, so that's the season over. We've obviously got one game to go. Uh, um, we could touch on um, Arsenal, what's happening. We'll, we'll obviously preview Baku. Uh, did any of you watch the uh, Rahul Sanieri yeah, we did. V9 Venkatesan interview this week? Yes, we did. Yeah, we did our homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason I'm saying that and I'm asking him the question is I've just had to show him it before the fucking podcast because none of them have watched it. It was the first part. I gave some credit. I didn't want to say anything because I knew he was going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, now I've watched it again. It's pretty dull, isn't it? Pretty yeah. corporate bollocks. Uh, not for me. Uh, I think it's the first time that, as you said, actually, that we've heard from the, the brass at Arsenal that is, that's involved in daily activities. Yes, there was a lot of corporate speak, and you would expect that. That's who they are, and that's, what, that's the, the role they serve. But I thought more than anything, more than the facts that came out, more than the information that came out, to me what was interesting was the dynamic it played between Vinay and Raul. As the two people that are, that are essentially married to take you know, two different parts of the club that, that give it strength, uh, duties of, of managing those, I think it was very interesting to see how warm they were towards each other. There was a synergy that I thought was pretty clear. Uh, they were always in tandem, the way they were thinking. You could see the appreciation coming from Raul as when I was articulating everything very well. And I think that that vision, that shared vision is a very big part of how an organization is run successfully. Uh, I, I know many people might, might consider the KAC stuff a bit of propaganda. I've always, um, to an extent at least, you know, done my part to sort of protect KAC. I think they were always very unfairly judged in their ways. And I thought it was good to see that you know, they are instilling a bit more confidence in KAC to, uh, for the fans. So I thought it was informative, something unique, something new, and something that gives us insight into how things actually happened, putting you know, arguments to bed that have taken Twitter by storm in the last year. 
It was nice to see they weren't as smarmy as Ivan Gazidis, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I know you're a Gazidis fan. Not I'm a looking fan, at Shin here. Yes, I see you've got posters of his, posters, <laughs> of his, posters of him up in your bedroom. No, but, that, that's uh, Pascal gone. <laughs> so, uh, but it was. Uh, I thought it was very. I mean, look, I joked saying it was corporate bollocks. I loved it. I think that's something that Arsenal should do on a regular basis. You know, we spend so much time arguing about what happened. You know, I mean, I would like to have talked about the Özil contract when they talked about the Ramsey contract, yep. it's, it's interesting to see, you know, we've made a mistake, I think I've been saying all along, that's where the, the fault lies, was always with Arsenal. The, the, the number one fault was with Arsenal because they let them get into this situation. He wasn't there though, was he, during the Mesut contract extension? No, but the, you know, I would like for them to have talked about what they're, you know, I mean, obviously they can't say we want to get rid of him because he's earning shitloads of money, yeah. but I'd, I would have liked them to actually mention, to say, you know, we've still got a fucking problem. <laughs> you know, we still have, because one of our, they were talking about balancing and not trying to ruin the, the wage structure of the club, when it's quite obvious we, we have, have made that bad decision. Gazidis makes that decision, then leaves, you yeah. know? But then I think we're going to be hearing a lot of chatter about Ozil and his contract in the forthcoming season because his contract runs out in 2021. And, um, so is he at that two-year period now yes, or is it exactly. three years? I yeah. think so. Two years. He's entering those last two years of his contract. And ah, but he's of an age where we can't, you know, they said, they're very clear on that, they made the point two or three times, was that we will either have to sell a player yeah. and we will only let them run down their contract if, if they're they, old if enough they're to old. retire. He's 30 now, so he'll be 32. Yeah. So, you know. But I, mean, he's, he, I think technically he'll still have a year in him. If yeah, not, yeah, I mean, he'll still have two years, I'm sure, to play for us. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those that they, 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 it's not going to be the same situation. When he runs down his contract and he's 32, yeah. it's not going to be the Ramsey situation because he's not going to be worth you know, fortunes. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's got one year, maybe two years. Yeah. Left I think it. it's worth noting that that's exactly when Mkhitaryan's contract also expires. Yes. So as two people who are, you know, your obvious picks for p playing certain roles in the attacking third, it would, that, that would be a factor in making the decision of, you know, if one of them is supposed to be given a contract, who will it be? Because they won't be seen in isolation. They'll be seen as a duo in terms of who needs to be you know, renegotiated with and who needs to be sent, shown the back door. And I think uh, on that note, it's, it's uh, vital for us to see who we sign in this uh, transfer window as potential replacements for them because eventually they are going to leave the club and we need a long-term insurance uh, in the creative department in the field. So it's going to be interesting to see who we bring in, uh, who the individuals are who are going to come into Arsenal and fill in that role for the future. I, I don't particularly think that that's the way we're going to operate just because we don't have the luxury in terms of finances. Uh, yeah, but, but it's, I mean, we heard them say, and I said when, when we talk about Unai Emery, one of the things I've been banging on all year is this year is a free hit. You know, it doesn't matter this year because we want to see some improvement, we want to see something, but he's got to be given the opportunity to bring his own players in. And this transfer window, I said give him three, this is his second one. Uh, Denis Suarez was the, he brought in his first one, so that wasn't too hopeful. But I've hoped all along, and this isn't based on anything more than hope and just a basic knowledge of the club, is that um, this year we're not going to be able to buy um, Mbappé. We're not going to go for that level of player. Yeah. But I'm hoping that he has identified half a dozen players that will play his style of football that will enable us to move forward. Yeah. And I got that very much from listening to the interview with, the, with the, the, the two managers of our club, is that that's what they're doing. They're talking to players, the, the positions have been identified. And I don't want to talk too much about individual transfers because that's what we'll do when we review the season next week 
but I can quite easily see Mkhitaryan leaving the club now. You know, he's, it's, it's, he's got a big pay rise coming if he stays. He's at that two-year uh, two to go on his contract. He hasn't been that good. Yeah. Funny enough, his impact in the, in the Europa League has been fabulous yes. um, in the last couple of games, but he's not first choice. Yeah. And he'll be unavailable for the final. <laughs> well, yeah, it's on that when we talk about Baku, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else come out of that interview? I mean, it was. I just think it's very nice to see the club put those forward and answer some questions. But yeah. I think it also enforces one more thing that we will be spending the way we have been for the past five years. That we are not going to be seeing any major 80, 90 million signing. But, as but I don't care to. about them. You know, no, as in considering the fact that on one hand we can complain about City spending that much amount of money, but then we need to take into perspective that because we won't be able to then we don't have the right to complain about Arsenal not doing the same because we can't on one side advocate the fact that we need uh, a brand of football where it's more concentrated on bringing the youth player up but on the same time you can't argue that listen we need to spend 80-90 you can't have both sides of the coin Well Manchester City aren't earning that much more than us obviously they're in the Champions League and we haven't been but their stadiums of a similar size their TV revenues of a similar size if they're going to break the rules it needs to be enforced clubs need to we've got this clubs have got enough money coming in you know clubs have now got enough money coming in that it could be a really exciting time to watch football yeah. because it is a level playing field if one club flaunts the rules and makes you know makes it doesn't matter where the money comes from. I mean, I, I take Schwinn's point, absolutely. That's the horror. This is a drop in the ocean, the Manchester City, where the money is coming from. But it, it shouldn't matter whether you've got a rich owner or a poor owner. You should be able to make your own money and spend your own money. You know, yeah. and, and that should be you know, a period of, uh, through a process of making yourself successful. If you work and get a good manager in like Leicester did, like, you, know, you get to, to win something. Clubs should all be building towards that. It seems to me it's wrong where Manchester City buy the best manager, buy the best players and get away with it. It doesn't seem right. And I think as uh, Vinay mentioned in the interview that we are taking those steps to earn that extra revenue when we're going to, we're going to the US in the preseason. We're playing teams like Bayern Munich and Real Madrid and AS Roma as part of our, uh, our warm-up to the season. I think that's going to garner uh, a bit more extra revenue and probably hopefully spend that on good quality players. So if I was to say to you this, you see, I'd, I'd be happy. Give me, give me five, get five more Gendouzis in the summer and one Zaha. Zaha. <laughs> Zaha. that do for me? Never. Five Gendouzis and a Zaha. Look, I mean, I, I love Matteo Gendouzi and I know what you mean when you say five Gendouzis and a Zaha, but I think we have a lot more pressing needs right now. Uh, particularly at centre-back. I, I wasn't saying they were all going to be central Mateo midfielders. Wins, yeah. Give me a, 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 a left-back who's got the attitude of Gendouzi. You give mean, me you, a, you want the heart? Give me five like Not him, young kids who fight for the badge, who have got the right attitude, who have got great potential and in two or three years' time could be worth 100 million. You and know? switch off on passive runners. He's a young kid, you know, I mean, let's, let's say he's been a, a highlight for me of the season this year, you know. He's faded a bit, as has Torreira. Yes. You know, we've been very lucky that our, our striking partnership, Lacazette and Aubameyang, have really hit form in the last, uh, in, in, the, in Europa League. Yeah, yeah. especially in the Europa League. Well, that's a nice segue onto the Europa League. All the negativity over. <laughs> yeah. we're, in the, we're, we're in a European Cup final. You yeah. know, it's uh, it's we're not we haven't, we haven't been to many. Uh, I can't After remember the last thirteen time. years we are in two thousand six Barcelona in Paris. Wow, okay, we lost that before that. Cup winners' cup. 
Was it? 92? 95 or 92? There was one I watched. I watched us lose one in Copenhagen. That was 99, I guess. Yeah, that was been about 99 we lost in Copenhagen to Galatasaray 2 0. Either that was 90, final, yeah, yeah, Cup Winners' Cup final. E, that was, was either yeah. 99. That or was Wenger's one of the first finals. 94, we won, didn't we, against yeah. Palmer? Yeah. yeah. Alan Smith? Yes. Didn't go at that one. So actually, I've been to the ones that we lost. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not going to Baku. <laughs> but then, who is? I mean, that's the, that's the thing we should, you know. I mean, I know a lot's been said already, but what the fuck? I mean, that's my notes here. Baku, what the fuck? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's nonsense. It's nearer to here in India than it is to the people in England. Is that right? You know, it's, it, it's a nonsense on all levels. I mean, but, it's a great stadium, it's a great country, it's a great capital city. Got no issue with any of that. But fuck that. Who cares about all that? But if you can only allow t the two clubs involved to get 6,000 tickets each because they're coming from the same city, and both of those clubs are sent back, at least 2,000 of their tickets because they can't sell them. I mean, put it into a financial terms. I've been asked a lot over the last couple of weeks if I'm going. I haven't even considered this one. I mean, I, I tend to watch Arsenal all over. For the Arsenal package, to go on the flight with Arsenal, with your ticket, fly the day of the game, and going with Arsenal, and I love Arsenal, but going with Arsenal supporters club to these games aren't, isn't much fun. You know, you, can't, you want to go a couple of days before, have a drink, get to yeah. know the city, enjoy yourselves. Yeah. When Arsenal do it, for the right reasons, but they fly people in the day of the game, you go straight to the stadium, and straight after the game, you go home again. Yeah. Arsenal want, I think it was 950 quid for their package, 950 pounds. Uh, we're in, um, it's a, just, a, just, just shy of a lakh rupees, yeah? About $800. Um, my season ticket is the same price. So, you know, people always complain about how high season ticket prices are at Arsenal. Mine cost roughly £1,000. I had to spend that for one game to go and watch a cup final. Yeah. Do you know, it's not right that that should happen yes. uh, in, in football. The fans are what makes it. And you've got 5,000 official fans going in a 65,000, 68,000-seater stadium. And even though UEFA in their own right are correct, to point out a city for the final before the start of the campaign. Um, I, I was reading uh, the other day that the 2021 Champions League final, the bids for the host have started in September last year. So they are making those advanced efforts to uh, recognize the city and the stadium which is going to host the final. But I think you, you're quite right. When it does come down to the two teams that are left, I think there should be a say to, uh, especially in this case, because the teams are from the same city, if the final could be shifted. Because no one is, uh, neither Arsenal supporters nor Chelsea supporters are planning for to see the final uh, on the first game of the season because it's the last game of the season and it's quite uncertain whether your team will qualify or not. But, but you're, you're looking at a utopian existence. Yeah. I mean, how long have I, uh, Arsenal were lucky enough to have got to loads of cup finals in my lifetime. And I've rarely been able to go, even as a season ticket holder, because the cup final where the old Wembley used to hold 100,000, 
uh, and the, the two teams will get you know, 20,000 each and 60,000 tickets will be given to the football family as the FA call it. The football family means they give tickets to local sports clubs, to local referees and what happens is all of those people sell those tickets yeah. and the fans have to pay 10, 20 times the face value to go and watch it. Yes. Never understood that. And every year it comes up with the same thing, oh this is wrong, the fans should get half each. But nobody cares. And this is the same. Don't tell me the FA care because UEFA don't care either. They don't care because they're, they're promoting football in that city. They can give a toss about the, 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 the fans are stupid. Fans, we're, we're blind. Fans follow our clubs all over blindly. That's what we do. We're tribal. And we, we will go wherever it is. And they don't care. World Cup in Qatar, that's, you know, nonsense. You know, yeah. it's, it's just... Um, you can say you're sharing it with the football world or you can just say well we're going to get some money for this yeah. it's interesting isn't it they're a very rich oil rich country and they've just had a Grand Prix and now they've got the Europa League final you know it's, it's, it's a company that's, that's just paying their way through got no issue with it give them something else like the FA should give the tickets to the football family for the community shield you know give them yeah. that because nobody gives a toss about that pre-season we're all on our holidays you know and, yeah. and let the referees go and watch a game at Wembley with their children but it doesn't matter when it's an FA Cup final and it's one of four trophies you can possibly win then let the fans go yeah. <laughs> but Darren there's a counter argument to that there I mean. isn't <laughs> um, I'll say why the problem starts with that is um, 38 games in a season, the FA Cups and the Community Shield, all combined, it's everything is played in England, right? And you guys and everybody who are in England, on in, in and around Europe, have the luxury to watch the team that they support um, on a much regular basis than people who are not from the same country or not from the same continent. Now, you can say that, why don't you keep a normal game at some place like Baku. Um, but the problem is, what would attract more people? A European Cup final or a normal Premier League game? So the, the thing is, if you're expecting a certain kind of revenue to come from abroad in terms of fan revenue, shirt sales and everything, and use that same money to spend in a club which you like as a local supporter, then you can't have the same complaint that, listen, we as fans can't go. Because fans, if you really want to demarcate in that manner, then you can't uh, uh, prioritize in the manner that these are England fans and these are Indian fans or these are fans from Baku. So I think in a, in a prioritized level, if money is what the sole purpose is, then I think everything is justified in that sense. It's nothing to do with money. Nothing I've mentioned is to I'm do with money. No, I'm saying that it's, it's, if, if the, the final Arsenal is happening... A, the Arsenal Azerbaijani football club must be head over heels that they can go and watch their beloved Arsenal. Pre, pre, uh, All 73 of them. No, if, if, the, if the stadium is full on the day of the finals, then does it serve the purpose of football? But who's, well, sit, who's sitting in the stadium, right? I mean, the argument is that you have foreign fans having one particular game being more accessible to them right. at the cost of local fans. That's the argument that Anub just made. But that's not who the tickets are going to. For example, when we played in Paris, I got a corporate seat. That was not a local Parisian Arsenal fan that was going for the game. And these tickets are awfully priced. So it's not available usually to the average Arsenal fan in a, in right. a different country. I mean, put simply, it's what Darren, you just said the whole thing boils down to. It's UEFA being in bed with corrupt nations that are oil rich and are willing to fund illicit activities and take all these, all these monies and put them in their coffers. Could that's what it comes myself. down to. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I mean, Qatar hosting the World Cup is again a part of that. You know, these are sister states that take part in terrorism and different level of activities which are putting them on watch lists. Megatarian, he can't play. 
Yeah. You can't. It's annoying, isn't it? It is. No. <laughs> no, well, it sort of is. He's been, he's been coming on with 20 minutes to go in the last two games and played exceptionally well. He was, I was at the game, the first leg against Valencia. He, from memory, God, it was a while ago and I was a bit drunk, but he turned the game when he came on. Him and Iwobi put some real energy into the game. Uh, in the second leg, Valencia, the same thing happened. 20 minutes to go, I think it was. He came in and um, set up, I think, the, the last goal. Uh, you know, it's just like having a player injured, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's just annoying. But then uh, to replace all that energy and all that, all that, what do you call the zeal that uh, Mkhitaryan brings in the last 20 minutes, I think we are fortunate enough to have Danny Welbeck fit for the final. And he's played the two games that have been played behind the doors at London Colney against uh, Linz of Austria and one more team, which I can't remember the name of. And he scored a hat-trick in one of them. So I think he's match fit and he can serve that role pretty well. I do enjoy <laughs> Yeah, I do enjoy Daniel by Cameo and I agree with Nikhil. I think he's a better asset to have on, on the bench than Mikitarian uh, on that day. And considering the players are rested well enough, I think nobody should be tired for yeah. playing a 90 minutes. Yeah. I've got a bit of an issue with uh, Danny Welbeck. I yeah. like Danny Welbeck. When I was at um, London Colney, when the last time I was there, I met him. He was great. He was... Uh, he, he's fucking huge. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing you don't get. He's really muscular. Like, looks really, like a stallion. Honestly, exactly yes. that. I couldn't... Do you know what? That is perfect. Yeah. I wouldn't want to fuck with him. I, want him. I wouldn't want him to fuck with me. Um, uh, the fact that he's not signing a contract really irritates me. I, I heard it on the interview that we just talked about with the, uh, the Arsenal management that they've talked to him about a new contract and he's decided not to sign. really irritates me that he's been injured for the last year. We've been paying his wages every week. He hasn't signed a new contract, even if he just signed a one-year, two-year contract just to get some money out of him. And now we're talking about him as playing in the Europa League final. I don't even think he deserves it. <laughs> Do you know? But, but, but when you have, uh, from a Danny Welbeck perspective, when you have Lacazette and Aubameyang in front of you, uh, are you really expecting him to sign a new contract? I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just saying, because I think he fits very well with Uno Emery's style okay. of play. I think yeah. he looks much better on the left. I'd much rather have Wilfred de Saha, <laughs> which is my real number one signing I want for the, the summer. Okay. Wouldn't you rather have Hakim Ziyech from Ajax? Don't no, anything. Alexis Sanchez back to him. <laughs> no. Can I just say, on, on players not going, Mkhitaryan's not going, the other player not going is Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, that's actually sad. Is it sad? Yeah, it is. He sh he would have been a great asset to play. He in the should finals. be there. He's got a little thigh strain six weeks ago. We're still two. Uh, we, we had six weeks from when he went off with a little thigh strain. I remember. And when they said after the game, they said it was a little one, grade whatever it is. I can't remember which way round it goes. But yeah, well, it, well, it was. If there, if one is really, really, really painful, we had a, a seven. You know, and if it's the <laughs> other way round, hey, why isn't he going? Why isn't he going? Perhaps because he's not match fit. I remember he you... just had two games behind closed doors. He's put his suit and tie on. He's wrapped himself in cotton wool because he's going for a big money move. Yeah. You know, give me all this crying at the Emirates. Yeah. Oh, I'm sad to leave. Yeah. I'm sad I to leave. I remember you saying five weeks or uh, four weeks ago that Ramsey has been a thorough professional till now, even though he's been going to Juventus. And we can't say the same thing about 
any Boy, other Arsenal player like yeah. Percy or Sanchez or for that ma- matter when Ozil was at, uh, at the end of his contract. But with Ramsey, we can't even raise a finger. I really thought Ramsey would travel and I thought he'd score the winning goal and that's how he'd sign off his Arsenal career. I get asked on this podcast many, many times about uh, uh, whether Alan Ramsey is a legend. That word that we use, a legend. Is he a legend at Arsenal? And, you know, he scored the winning goal at a couple of cup finals and he's played for us for 11 years and he's had his legs broken and, you know, is he a legend? Are you turning into Raul Sané for this? <laughs> is he a legend? Is he a legend at a club? I don't know, but... <laughs> I don't know if he's a legend, but... Why didn't he play this game? He just had to finish one more game, score the winning goal, then he becomes a legend at a club. <laughs> I think that's a very good impression of Raul yeah, Sanley. Extremely. You can send this particular part of the podcast to Raul Sanley in Arsenal media. Uh, yeah, just this one. I thought Ramsey. I thought that would be the fairy tale into his career. Probably Welbeck has the fairy tale to himself in Baku. Yeah. Or check. Or check. Uh, <laughs> Same last minute penalty. Quick. I mean, the, the strange thing is, we're going. Let's just quickly look at Baku. We're all excited. Um, fancy our chances? I think I do. Uh, especially with the news coming in that N'Golo Conte, Jorginho and Ruben Loftus-Cheek, all three of them might not be fit. Loftus-Cheek is certainly out. Conte and Jorginho are still, I think, rumours. I think Conte will be back. Yeah. So, looking at this... <laughs> well, you don't know. These minor injuries can go on for six weeks. <laughs> no? If it's a Ramsey injury... Ramsey was back quicker from a double break of his leg than he is from this one. <laughs> But uh, looking at those uh, permutations for Chelsea and the limitations that these permutations put on them, I think Arsenal have a fairly bigger chance than they would have. Uh, like if, if, if I would have thought about the final, the day we qualified for it by beating Valencia, I think now we have a bigger chance. Uh, I, I don't want to call it. Yeah, it's, I it's, it's, don't a, it's, call one it. Those, it's a horrible one, isn't it? Because we've, it's so much on it. Champions yeah. League football yeah. next year a European trophy. I think we're better than Chelsea, yes. but they finished two points above us in the league. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nonsense to try and call it. I mean, funny enough, with Mkhitaryan um, not going because he's scared, and, uh, sorry, well, that's what it is, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not, that's not the reason why he's not going. There's political tension, of course. Are you scared? He's... For his life. <laughs> not yeah. just scared of the dark. No. <laughs> okay, so Mkhitaryan isn't going because he's scared. It's like he's up against a tough right back and he'll just go and hide somewhere. Um, so Mkhitaryan's not going because he's scared and Ramsey's not going because he's hurt his leg a bit. Uh, and now he's a Juventus player. So the, not yet. So the team sort of picks itself, doesn't it? Hmm. It yeah. just picks itself. I, I went through trying to work out who we would play. I've written the team down here. Goalkeeper. Check. check, check. I mean, it's got to be check. And matches. Oh, I would you know. love Leno to play, but check. Well, I've, I've had the argument all year long that I think he should have Leno over check. Yeah? yeah. But now we've got to this last bit, and now that checks said he's going to go to Chelsea at the end of the season. What a lovely fitting tribute for him to get to a penalty shootout and not save a fucking single one. <laughs> but I think uh, the, uh, the decision that Czech is going to play over Leno is more emotional than practical. Did you hear Emery? Uh, oh, sorry, you didn't even listen to the Sanya. I, I, I heard him. Did you hear Czech talk about, um, let, um, Emery talk about Czech this week? Yeah. I read the transcripts. I didn't hear him personally. Okay. Well, it sort of went like this. 
He said, of Ch- oh, I love him, and he plays the drums, and he speaks six languages, and he was talking to me, and he said to me, uh, we're in Russia, and the press conference is in Russia, and of course he was asked in Russian, and Peter says, I answer this one, he answered in Russian, I say, you speak Russian? He said, yeah, I speak Russian. Oh, he's such a great man. Yeah. And he played, what do you call it? The drums. Oh, he played the drums. He's, he actually did the, yeah. what do you call it? The drums. Drums. He plays the drums. He's a great man. Oh, I wanted to finish our career together in a big way, in a big way, in a big win. <laughs> So, will you, the journalist said, so will you play him in the final? <laughs> oh, I haven't made the decision yet. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> yes, you have. We all know who you're playing. <laughs> right, who's have, what formation are we playing? 3-4-3? Three, three? Yeah, I think so. 4-3-3. 3 one 4 3 one 2 Yeah, 4-3-1-2 I sort of. 3-4-1-2 uh, I've got. Okay. Oh, yeah. maybe we don't agree then. So you think you'll only play two at the back? Correct. Oh, okay. So what's your team then? Well, it is different from mine. Who would you play at the back then? Um, Meeting Niles, Kolasinac, Socrates and Koscielny. Okay. All right. So that's that one. So in front of them, you'd have... Guendouzi, Xhaka and Torreira. Okay. Mezzalozil, Aubameyang, Lacazette. Okay. Disagree? I thought all three centre backs will start. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, Koscielny, uh, Socrates, and uh, Mustafi. Oh right. Okay. I disagree with you as well. Maybe it isn't as easy. Uh, no Montreal, huh? No Montreal and um, or maybe Montreal, uh, Koscielny, and Socrates. Yeah, I didn't think he played uh, Mustafi. He's too big a guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he talked about Petr Cech, he didn't say the same about Mustafi. <laughs> <laughs> When you talk to him, he doesn't understand fucking anything, any language. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it could be uh, three at the back. Yeah, yeah, I sort of got that. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll go with the same lineup as well. Okay, so you think he'll play just four? Except uh, perhaps if we're playing a back four, I'd rather have Montreal instead of Kolasinac. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would actually quite like a back four, and I like the fact you put Gendouzi in. I don't think he will. I thought he'd, he'd play with those three: Montreal. Um, uh, Koscielny and uh, Socrates in the back, Kolasniak, agency mate the Niles, Xhaka and Torreira, Ozil and the two up front. He's been the sort of strongest team he's played when he's had to, except when Ramsey's played, he's, he's left out Ozil, um, and then he's been able to bring in Mkhitaryan and Iwobi to take the places of mate the Niles perhaps or Kolasniak. But I think he might start four with the option to go to five. Or probably uh, if, if uh, Emery employs a four-two-three-one, would you rather the back four of uh, Montreal, Socrates, Koscielny and Ainsley Maitland-Niles, uh, midfield cover of Xhaka Torreira and striker Lacazette, but behind him Aubameyang on the left, Ozil centre and Welbeck on the right? I don't think Welbeck will start. I don't think I, he'll I feature. just don't think, I mean he may, he may come on if we're chasing a goal and uh, you know, he could replace Kolasniak if he plays that five. Kolasniak could have a really rubbish game because he's had mm. a lot of rubbish games this year. And then if you want to change that for an attacking option, yeah. then it's a sort of straight swap. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Welbeck in his last full season when he was fit was actually sort of playing that left wing-back mm. role. Yeah. So, uh, but then uh, if, you, if you roll back uh, to six months earlier, Kolasniak was our only attacking outlet. Yeah. 
Uh, so if a back five is employed, I think the left wing will be one that... The, the, the only reason I'm going with the three at the back is because uh, Chelsea have got the system of playing Marcus Alonso and he yes. plays two up front. So I think there is space to in, um, exploit on the right. And with Hazard playing through there, um, the two-man defence uh, with a four-defence um, four, four formation is just too risky, I think. So he might just start with the three is what my assumption yeah. is. I think for the first half, he can be a bit cautious, yeah. see how the game goes. If we have a goal or two in the first half, then probably <laughs> then probably just stick with that five to have a defensive cover in the final, last 45. Or if we are a goal down, then just change to a back four and go forward more attacking. What about putting Genduzi on Hazard for the game? No, I think I'd rather put Torreira on Hazard. Gunduzi is too slow. Yeah, Gunduzi doesn't have the pace and he's a bit too shaky with his... And he, he's, he's too enthusiastic to get yeah. forward. Yeah, but he'll probably pick up a card on Hazard if he... He'll probably hurt Hazard. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the only thing they've got, isn't it? I, I'd rather Hazard is not hurt because then he can go to Real Madrid. Right, let me give you a nightmare scenario when we meet back here in a week's time. Yes. Olivier Giroud scores the winning goal against us and Tottenham have won the Champions League. I think I am not going to come for the podcast. <laughs> no, I said we'll do lots of drugs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, or oh, can I give you a, a better scenario? Is we stuff Chelsea, we're in the Champions League and Spurs become all Spursy. <laughs> what much more better scenario? Olivier Giroud scores an own goal. No, no, we, we <laughs> yeah. can't look. He's, he's, we, I'll still laugh. <laughs> he would still be at Arsenal now, wouldn't he? If, if, yeah. if, we, if he could have. He yeah. looks miserable, doesn't he? Even he's cut his hair off. You know, he's, he he's, doesn't look the same. He's extending his contract with Chelsea, at least for a year. Yeah, well, he's in that last year, isn't he? This is the yeah. Danny Welbeck situation. This is what I'm talking about. Why yeah. can't Danny just go, well, look, actually, I'm pretty crap. I've got no track record. I've had two serious long-term injuries. Arsenal are offering me 100 grand a week. Let me take it. See yeah. if I can prove myself. One year, two years, yeah. get my chance to sell me in a year's time. Anyway. At the end of the season, would you rather we swap Giroud and Welbeck with Chelsea? Uh, I, I, Giroud wasn't first choice for me. I, I, I'm just sad that he left because I liked the man. I thought he was genuinely uh, a, a decent Arsenal man who, who, who fought for the badge. But he was French. Uh, if his hair was moved out of place, he used to lie on the floor and cry like a big baby. <laughs> cry, like a, cry like a Ramsey, as we call it. Uh, <laughs> 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 Anything else you want to say, guys? We've done probably all the time I needed to do. I can't see that, but I'm sure we've done my hour. Well, I like to do an hour. hour and four minutes. Look, perfect time. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to bring up, guys? Final predictions? Yeah, good idea. Let's have a prediction from you, Shrew. Go on. Which, which, uh, which prediction are you going for? Are you going for the sort of like Arsenal to finish fifth type prediction? Or are you going for the Alexis Sanchez to win the Golden Boot type prediction? <laughs> I think we'll find out in a week about that. But I think we have a good chance. I think uh, the reason I went for a back four is because I believe that Emery was going to match Chelsea player for player. I don't think our Alonso will feature. I think Sarri and Alonso have been at odds for a bit. That's why Emerson's been playing. I don't think Guendouzi will be the one to mark Azard. I think it will be Ainsley Maitland-Niles as we attack down our left and keep bodies in midfield because this game, more than any other game, will be won in midfield. There's enough problems on either side of the team to account for gaps and mistakes and the team that wins the midfield is going to win this game. I fancy this. I'll go for a 2-1 win. Do you want a prediction for the score or for the XG? 
<laughs> I've decided, I wrote down, look, you see that when Shrimp was talking, I wrote down XG, but I've decided to leave that. He, he's chickened out of it for all these months, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I've ranted enough about it, so yeah, so 2-1. I go 3-1 Arsenal. 3-1? Yeah. No prediction from No, you. me neither. Because no. we can look stupid, look how stupid Twin looks by saying <laughs> that Alexis Sanchez is going to win the golden boot. I mean, let's just... Cut all the XG crap. Whenever he talks to me about XG, <laughs> maybe Alexis Sanchez was the leading goal scorer in XG world. <laughs> he still earned more than a lot of players. One prediction though. Liverpool he got one. To win the Champions League. <laughs> He's he got... earned more oh, wow. than most players. In the one league. prediction though. Liverpool to win the Champions League. I can't call that one either. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Just a couple of quick shout-outs for me as well. A big uh, thank you to Simon, who uh, has become an Arsenal fan. Simon's who I stayed with when I was in the UK. Thanks for everything, mate. Um, uh, and also to Pedro, um, my Brazilian mate who's in, uh, to, uh, in, in Canada. Um, hope you're watching the final. Hope you're having a party out there somewhere. And don't forget you invited me there this summer and I want to come. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Swin, really nice to see Thanks you. Thanks for having me. The penultimate episode, so I'm honoured to be here. Got to meet the boys finally, so that, that was obviously brilliant. Well, well, for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm, I'm hanging up now. <laughs> and uh, Darren, it's been a great journey. I'm actually kind of uh, a little sad that it's the... This is the penultimate. Yeah, but still. Let's be sad next week. <laughs> oh, Swin, you're very welcome to join us next week as well. Nikhil? I'll enjoy, or I'll enjoy cherishing making those pilgrimages. <laughs> and I'll make one next week as well, regardless of whether we lose or win. Yeah, and yeah, thank we'll, you for having me. We'll tonight. do one. That's it. Thanks ever so much, everyone, for listening to uh, this podcast. Uh, we have got a big week ahead of us, biggest game of the season on Wednesday night. Um, if anyone's in the Delhi area, then I'm going to probably be watching it in the Novotel Aero the City, Aero City yeah. Yeah. Um, up by the airport. I think uh, there'll be a few of us there. So if you're in the Delhi area, come and join me there. If you're anywhere else, I won't see you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and we will talk to you all next week. <laughs>